Coming to you live from the Urban League of Metropolitan Seattle, you are now tuned into Making the Movement Podcast, a place where you can join ULMS every step of the way on our journey to equity for all. Each month, we'll keep you posted about everything the Urban League of Metropolitan Seattle has been up to, including new programs and services, upcoming events, and ways for you to get involved with the movement. We'll even be covering hot topics in our community, inviting special guests to come kick it with us while getting down to the real issues, hosting special giveaways, and more. This is your chance to get up close and personal with us from right here in the heart of the Central District. You are now listening to Making the Movement Podcast. Hello, everyone. Thanks for joining us today again on Making the Movement Podcast. It is Black History Month, y'all. We have finally made it. Finally, yo, the most lit month of the year. Hey, honestly, as far as I'm concerned, 2021 just started. Just started. <laughs> <laughs> so we're really excited for this month. We have a lot in store for you guys. Ashley, what, what do we have going on? This episode is going to be packed full because we have some very special guests in the building today. We wanted to make sure that we were really touching on all of the things in the community going on, all the things that's been happening with us in the past month. And so we wanted to bring in some people to help us kind of have that conversation. So mm-hmm. we got some people here, Rue. Yes, we do. And I'm really excited for this episode. I think this this might, this might be my favorite one yet. Well, let's go ahead and get into it. The first guest that we have for today, we're going to talk about some of the educational programs and things that are happening at ULMS that you all very much need to know about. And so without further ado, we're going to go ahead and bring in our Director of Education, Rob Jones. Hello, uh, my name is Robert Jones. I'm the Education Director here at Urban League Metropolitan of Seattle. Pleased to be on the program today. Thank you. <laughs> Rob, you're actually the first director that we've had on the show so far. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Glad to, <laughs> I'm glad that's the case. <laughs> <laughs> so um, for our new listeners or people who just aren't familiar with our work, can you tell us a little bit about the role of the education department and like what kind of services you guys offer through our education programs? Uh, so role of education department is simply, you know, just all things education. And so what I've, what this department has historically done is bridge, been sort of conduit for the schools and providing services where the schools are not able to or don't have funding for. We sort of bridge the gap of providing those services in education. So things, you know, around STEM is huge. Things around, you know, just youth development is huge. Social emotional supports are huge any assistance that we can provide to the school that pretty much allows you to complete high school and either be career path ready or college ready. And you guys also provide wraparound services for the parents of the students that you work with as well, right? Absolutely. And so part of the youth being in our program, the families in our program. And so with the Urban League as a family, there's tons of support and opportunity to provide assistance to those families with the youth that we serve. And so we have, you know, uh, housing, we have workforce development, we have career bridge, we have, you know, all sorts of resources that can be utilized, not just from the youth, but for the youth and the family. 
One of the programs that the education team has done recently in collaboration with the city of Seattle is finishing the first cohort of our youth web design program. I was just wondering if you could tell us a little bit more about what it is and what the goal of the programs were. So what that was is the city of Seattle, um, OED uh, Office of Economic Development uh, specifically, uh, has funding that they were utilizing for small minority-owned businesses, businesses of color. And they typically hand out grants to these small businesses, what they were doing. Uh, so this is, they've just completed a second round of, of grant handing out. But they also said, well, here's another way we can sort of help minority-owned businesses is by taking those businesses that do not have a online presence and giving them that online presence to sort of help their business because that's the way things are kind of going now, right? It's sort of this online ordering, being able to access businesses online, being able to place the order, and then people will be able to go and pick that up. And so that's where we as Urban League got involved, where it's like, okay, not only are, not only do they want to build these websites, but now we want to teach youth about how to build these websites for these minority-owned businesses. And that's where this program sort of took flight, right? So we were able to uh, identify 16 businesses within the Seattle city limits. We were able to get 16 high school age youth, right? To participate in this, all primarily coming from Garfield High School, uh, which is in the heart of the central district. And they went through a six week program where they not only uh, designed the website, but they also talked with the business owner to kind of get their vision and kind of put that in an online presence for them to kind of help their business, right? So people can see that uh, we even had the photographer. So everything that was done is youth done. And so we had a photographer that went out and took the pictures, was a, a, a junior at Garfield High School that is working to be a photographer and that's kind of where she's going with that and you know taking the pictures creating the websites the domain names and also helping the business owners who most of them were not necessarily you know online having online savviness or or uh online literate helping them to sort of navigate that and, and show them how they can get their website out and then be able to navigate that by changing pictures, changing content, changing business times, and also being able to accept orders uh, via online as well. This is actually probably one of my most favorite education programs that we've ever done. Because as someone who does our website, like I can say 100% that the skills that these kids are learning from being involved with this program are 100% transferable, meaning like they don't have to be stuck working in one specific industry. You can take web design anywhere. You can build websites for doctors, lawyers, nonprofits, whatever the industry may be, there's always going to be a need for people who can do web design and build websites. And so in, in high school, they're already starting to get the fundamental skills for this type, type of career that you could really go off and do without having to go to college. And so I think that that is probably one of the most amazing things about this program that I've seen thus far. And, you know, the web, the websites that the kids have made already, if you guys want to check them out, they are on our website. And we'll make sure that we have the link for that in the description for this episode. 
But these sites are amazing and these kids really did a great job and it's definitely worth bringing attention to. And you guys, if I'm correct, you guys have plans to do this again this year, right? Absolutely. So we have plans to do this uh, two more times this year. We actually have a, um, a, a way for kids to obtain credit in doing this uh, program as well. And so, yes, so we have this that we'll have two more cohorts uh, this year and the ability for kids to actually get a CT credit, 0.5 CT credit as an elective for high school graduation requirements. Wow, that's really amazing. You kind of already spoke to like how the businesses and the students are selected for the program, but how have you seen this, this project really empower the local businesses during a pandemic? Uh, well, I see that, you know, one, not having an online presence to having one is, is just huge because now, because people, especially with the stay at home order, uh, where you have to, you know, be at home or just, you know, with the pandemic itself, people just being sort of cautious when they go out, having an online presence and being able to order is just huge because now I guess, you know, individuals can sit at home. They know the restaurants there, they can go through their menu, uh, they can order the revenue, you know, the restaurant receives, you know, revenue from that and they're staying in business, you know, saying, which is helping them through this pandemic, you know, just all pluses there. I think that this is something amazing that the Urban League is doing within the community, especially for small businesses. I know that the pandemic has created a particularly difficult time for certain businesses. And so for other local businesses that wanted to get involved with you all in a similar kind of opportunity, is there any way that they could get involved? If so, what does that look like? So that's one of the things that we are currently sort of working out and fleshing out. How do we want to have equal opportunity for businesses to participate in this particular uh, project. And so we're working through uh, OED and we're also working through internally our, our processes to figure that out. So uh, at this moment, sort of uh, uh, TBA, but I can tell you in the past, Office of Economic Development reached out to businesses and sort of inquired, right? They sort of put out a questionnaire about, hey, who, you know, has this and who, you know, who has this need or who is interested uh, and they received. And actually it's interesting because I think the issue within itself, right? Meaning that they don't have an online presence, which means that they're not really online savvy is one exactly. of the reasons why there was sort of a small sort of, you know, response back, right? Cause we actually ended up having to, I think it was only really 13 businesses who responded right mm -hmm. and so we actually have to go out and get the rest of the businesses right uh to make it a total of 16. actually we had 17 and one was unresponsive through a lot of the social media outlets like we they have an ig page we messaged them hit them on facebook email call nothing so i think that within itself created some issues so we're really taking that in into consideration to say well if they're not, you know, online savvy or they don't know, you know, they'll have an online presence and we're basically using an online tool to reach out to them. How can we reach out to them so that they become online savvy? So all of that is in the works uh, right now to uh, 
to get that sort of hashed out and figure out what that's going to look like. So Yeah, well, till we have like a formalized process to meet the business owners where they are in terms of getting them pulled in, they can go to our website on our contact page and just submit a message and let us know that you're interested. And we will take that and get that to Rob so that when when we are able to formally bring on new businesses on board or put bring them into the fold, then he'll have a list of people who he can already reach out to that are interested. And you can do that from our website and we will make sure that we have the link as well for that in the description for this episode. So that's pretty much what we wanted to bring you here to talk about, Rob, did you have anything else that you wanted to like mention for the people to know, like either whether that's current work projects that you have in the works or future things coming down the pipeline, just anything that you wanted to touch base on before we wrap it up? Yeah, we have several things that we're uh, <laughs> in the works with. And so we have internships that we are going to be starting this year. So we have digital marketing class, uh, that we're going to be starting. Uh, we have uh, Youth Green Corps, which is a um, entry-level work, on-the-job training for entry-level skills to work with Seattle Parks and Rec. We also have some work we're doing with Ajax for apprenticeships. And we also have uh, mentoring that we're going to be doing within the schools as well. And so we also are going to be looking at doing some uh, internship training, so career exploration, coupled with internships. And so what that means is now youth, you know, a lot of youth don't know kind of what they want to do. And here we have a very great system that once you determine, hey, I want to do this or do that, there's a clear pathway, right, to get there. Uh, A lot of times youth don't know what they want to do. And so the career exploration and internship program is something in which that we're going to teach youth about what career exploration is, talk to them about how to look for careers and decide how to get information and how to research. Also coupled with work readiness skills. So what is it to go to work, right? Interviewing skills, what are transferable skills, how to interview, how to dress for success. And not only that, but how to go to work, right? And so oftentimes we've learned that individuals can get a job when they're pressed to get one, uh, but keeping that job has been a challenge, right? And so we're gonna talk to them about, you know, in the beginning is if you do your proper assessment and you understand who you are and you understand how to find careers, then the likelihood of you retaining that job is higher than you just going into a work where it's just based off the money, right? Absolutely. And I don't have any money, I'm going to work, right? And then you don't like the job. And so that's what this program is designed for. And not only that, but there's going to be visits with like uh, employers, you know, and and, uh, training facilities as well as internships. So once we sort of go through that and have identified, oh, I have a particular interest in XYZ job, then we're giving them an internship at that particular you know, occupation or industry cluster. So they can actually do a paid internship to see if this is something that they really like. Uh, so those are things that we have coming down the uh, pipe for education. So. Thank you. That's amazing. Right. I was in you're like, wow, I didn't even know that we had all this stuff going on. That is really amazing. And yes, we will have all of that great information on our website once our education website is updated with all the information with our future events. Just keep updated with our website and our socials. 
Yeah, definitely. And again, if you guys have any questions for Rob or if you have any questions for about any of the programs that we talked about today, you can definitely go to our contact us page on our website and send us a message and we'll make sure that we get you connected. So thank you, Rob, for joining us and just chatting with us about everything that you guys have going on. Absolutely. I appreciate you for having me on. So thank you. So this month, we wanted to make sure that we brought to you guys the most relevant information in terms of political awareness. Recently, we had an inauguration and we have someone new leading the country now. So we wanted to bring our civic engagement team here at the Urban Link to tell us what we are focusing on here as an organization. So to start us off, um, we're going to have Maya Manis introduce herself. Maya? Hi, everyone. I'm Maya. I'm the advocacy organizer here at the Urban League of Metropolitan Seattle. Hi, everyone. This is Naira. I'm the civic engagement organizer at the Urban League of Metropolitan Seattle. And thank you guys so much for being here. We just wanted to ask you guys a couple of questions, you know, no biggie. And let's just start with the basics. So uh, either one of you can answer what really is like the role of our civic engagement team here at ULMS? Yes, I'll start. Um, so the Advocacy and Civic Engagement Department was formed in October of 2019 in regards to the 2020 census. Um, and since then, we realized that civic engagement is something that's 365 days a year. And so we now have it where we have an advocacy organizer, which is me, um, and I focus on policies and legislation that's happening in Washington state and uh, statewide, what's happening statewide, countywide and citywide. So I follow policies in Olympia, King County and Seattle. I mean, we focus on, you know, how can we help our participants in our program systematically with, you know, addressing different barriers systemically through the different areas in, in regards to investing in our communities, our equitable criminal legal system and others. So I'll get more into that later, but that's basically what the advocacy organizer focuses on. And I'll have Naira cover what she does in civic engagement. Yeah, so civic engagement kind of explains itself in a sense. Um, I, I focus on outreach activities to get the community more engaged, politics and, um, and giving them more ways to advocate for themselves. Thank you guys um, for answering those for us. So we know that you all just recently finalized our legislative framework for the 2020 legislative session. Can you tell us what that means and how you'll use it to guide our civic engagement efforts here at the Urban League? Yes, so um, our state representatives and senators are currently in session in virtual Olympia for about 105 days to, you know, address certain certain areas to create bills that will eventually be enacted into law. Um, and so our legislative framework addresses four um, policy areas that we believe that would help our, our participants in our programs, as well as Washington, Black families, individuals, and children. Um, and so what this means is as the legislative cycle moves, we will have different action items for people to advocate for themselves on different policies that we are supporting. 
session moves very fast. And so it, we will be sending text updates as well as a monthly newsletter of different action items for them to think about that will benefit them or their community. The um, policies and bills that we are supporting, um, it will you know, address police accountability, investments in our communities, as well as fair political representation. With everything happening in our political climate right now, what's the best way in the simplest of terms that you can break this down for new voters, millennial voters, people who are not really understanding what's going on, but need to know what what things should be focused on right now? Yes. So currently right now in in virtual Olympia, there are many different, there are over 15 bills right now that are addressing police accountability on every angle of police accountability. And so I would highly suggest for people to, you know, keep in track on what their representative, especially their House of Representatives are doing in terms of police accountability. Um, There are um, you know, ind- independent investigations. There is um, addressing, you know, police tactics, community oversight boards. So really addressing the different ways that we can ensure that police are held accountable, as well as to make the process transparent in terms of when misconduct occurs or excessive force happens. Um, there's also different pieces of legislation that's happening to really provide investments in our community um, and really try to make it where we provide an investment now because we know it will be better in the long run. So whether it be direct cash assistance, whether it be access to healthy food, whether it be rental assistance or mortgage assistance, there's a lot of ways that we're also trying to ensure that there are key investments in our communities to make sure that people can stay in their homes, people can feel stable, especially during a a pandemic and really address vital issues of houselessness at the same time. So there's a lot of things that are happening locally. And so I would highly suggest that people follow local politics and what's happening in Olympia, because that's what's going to affect people's day-to-day lives, as well as affect their child's education, their access to cash, their access to healthy foods. So highly suggest people to keep up to date with our legislative framework um, updates, as well as our newsletter, um, as well as check on our website, because we have direct links to the direct bills that are happening and, and bill numbers for you to be able to track where they're at in the in the legislative process. So there's, there is a lot going on statewide that, that could really benefit Black Washington families when it comes to many different things. That was perfect. Thank you so much for breaking that down for us, Maya. <laughs> Not a problem. And so knowing the information is only half the battle. And so if our listeners wanted to take it a step further and become a little bit more civically engaged, are there any upcoming events or opportunities that the community can participate in or get involved in? We um, are working on getting the community more engaged in politics is the Democracy Voucher Program. So in November 2015, Seattle passed an initiative called the Honest Election Seattle, which eventually brought the Democracy Voucher Program. Democracy vouchers are certificates that um, the community can use to fund local campaigns. And so any participating candidate can receive those Democracy Vouchers for their campaign, which is 
which is special because I think Seattle is one of the only cities in the nation that that does something like public funding for campaigns. So each registered voter can receive a democracy voucher. They actually receive four $25 democracy vouchers and they can go to whatever candidate that they support. You can give all four to one candidate if you'd like. However, if you're not a registered voter, you won't get those democracy vouchers sent to you in the mail on February 9th. So our outreach activity is to make sure the community knows about the democracy voucher program and how to apply for it and whether or not they're eligible. And so we're we're planning on um, a lot more outreach activities around the democracy voucher program. And just for the listeners to know, in order to be eligible for this program, um, you have to be 18, a Seattle resident and a legal U.S. citizen. And how can people find out more information about that or just like connect with you in terms of receiving those vouchers? So we actually plan on having our official outreach events around February because the democracy vouchers will start rolling out on February 9th to those who are already eligible for them. But if anybody has any questions right now, they're welcome to email me at npetty at urbanleague.org. And we will make sure that we put both Maya and Ira's emails and contact information in the episode description for this week. That sounds amazing. And you guys just had a virtual town hall, correct? Do you have any more um, events along those lines coming up either virtually or in person where people can come and hear you guys talk? Or Currently, right now, we're addressing African-American Legislative Day, which is with the A. Philip Randolph Institute, which is on... February 15th, but we are thinking about other ways to get people involved because the virtual town hall was a really good experience. So if anybody has any different topic ideas, definitely provide suggestions and Naira and I will, Naira and I will um, figure it out. (laughs) And I know um, my earlier, you mentioned that you guys send out text alerts and uh, newsletters and things like that. How do people get signed up with the text alerts or get into your email list and, and things like that? Yes, so they can go on our website under um, our 2021 legislative framework and sign up there. Um, They can also do it from their phone by texting ULMS to 52886. And then they would be able to just answer a couple of questions and we would send them updates from there. Um, And the information is just necessary so we can make sure we can send them information of their geographical area. Thank you so much for sharing all that very informative information. I did want to give you guys a chance if there's anything else that you wanted to mention or elaborate on for our audience to get to know about our civic engagement team. No, not at this time. Thank you all so much for having us here today and looking forward to providing more updates in the future. Yeah, thank you guys. You guys are always welcome on the show. We have one more guest on the show today. And obviously you guys know that since it's Black History Month, we definitely want to highlight some of our community partners and just the things that are going on in the city that you guys all need to be aware of. So today we have someone really, really special and I don't want to take any juice. Go ahead and have him introduce himself, Mr. Eduardo Jordan. Hello, thanks for having me. Yes, I'm Eduardo Jordan, chef of June Baby Restaurant, Solari, Hanley's in the Grain Bar here in Seattle. 
And I was just about to ask you, that was going to be my first question. For those who aren't familiar with your restaurants or just like the type of vibe and how you approach your food and things like that, could you just briefly like give them a little overview? Like, I know you got some awards under your belt. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so I do a horrible job of boasting about myself. So I'll, I'll try to do a little, a better job than I normally do. So I have three restaurants. Um, Solari Restaurant was my first restaurant. Uh, is my first restaurant. Solari represents my culinary journey. I was trained in French, worked in some great, amazing French restaurants. Love Italian cuisine, worked in some great Italian restaurants. I'm from the South. So it blends a, a little of all of those cooking techniques and cuisines together with influences from the Pacific Northwest. I call it my culinary journey. June Baby is a nod to my ancestors. Ancestors, my mom, my grandmother, the foods that I grew on, the roots, my foundation of cooking, tells the, the good and bad about Southern food, soul food, just the history of the South is kind of presented on a, on a plate. And then Lucinda Grain Bar is kind of like the full circle little bar, restaurant, and pastry commissary kitchen that we have. It works to kind of bring all the restaurants together. It's like the little sister, and it's actually named after my little sister. Oh, wow, that's amazing. <laughs> yeah, I didn't um, know that either. Yeah, that's that's some insight for those who didn't know. Um, <laughs> yeah, trivia but, questions. Right, right. <laughs> so Black History Month is here and we have finally arrived and Black history and culture has always had a presence in your restaurants, just kind of like you just described. And so also within your food and your culinary products. But what we wanted to ask is why is that important for you to for you to have that celebration? Why is it, why is it significant to you specifically? Well, I mean, one, I'm black, so I think I need to be <laughs> proud, black and proud, and, and telling the stories of my ancestors. I think as a person of color, I think we often are shamed, we often are put down, and we often don't have a microphone to express and tell our stories. I, you know, was a product of this country, and the 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 shortcomings that come along with with being a person of color where you don't get that microphone i've also been blessed over time to finally be able to have a microphone that i'm able to share my story and have a platform that i'm able to talk about the good and the bad and so it's 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 super important that when we get the opportunity to share our stories that we do it allows people to have a better understanding of who we are what we've been through have a better appreciation for each other respect is all built by understanding history, respecting history. And if we don't get the opportunity to tell our history, somebody else is going to tell it and it's always going to be distorted and not right. So, Absolutely. So last February, you had a special event called the Soul of Seattle, and it was literally one of the most talked about events of the year before COVID. <laughs> Given the social distancing restrictions created by the pandemic, will there be plans for a second solo of Seattle this year? And if so, like how will that be different to accommodate the virtual climate we're in? Yeah, I mean, it was a big debate in 2020. We, we put on an amazing event with the Urban League and thank you to the Urban League for um, jumping aboard and making sure that this event happened. It was a celebration of bringing people together, especially the chefs of color in the city. Um, bringing a little bit of publicity to them, bringing a little bit of support, and also supporting our youth of color and organizations that empower them, like the Urban League and Rainier Scholars. And so, you know, it was an amazing event, super talked about, sold out super fast, and we, was re we were ready 
and thought we had a template to run with for 2021 and then pandemic kicked in. So, you know, as a small business owner, I struggled and, and suffered in 2020 and I put a lot of attention to my businesses and thought like, we're not gonna be able to pull this off for next year because we can't bring people together. Um, we can't have that big congregation and party and celebration. Um, and then we realized that this, um, the virtual platform has been the thing of 2020 and we started putting our brains together and came up with the fact that the soul of Seattle needs to live on. We can't let the pandemic end it this does. amazing event. Uh, more than anything, we need to support these small black business owners, especially the restaurateurs and chefs in this city because it's already a hard industry. And if anything, the, the youth of color are suffering even more. So for us to cancel this, this event would be an injustice to our community and a disservice. So we are moving to a virtual format this year and we're excited that we get to kick it off and tickets are on sale now. If you can go to www.theseattlesoul.com for more information and to get tickets and to experience all the amazing activities we have lined up throughout the month. And we're excited to be supportive of our community again and also organizations that are um, taking care and empowering our youth and the youth of color. So you kind of already touched on this a little bit, but like you said, a lot of businesses are canceling events due to the pandemic. And you guys decided to go ahead and do a virtual format. You stated the importance of it, but how, how was that transition going from physical format to virtual? What, what did that look like for you? And why was it important to maintain it, even if it was still going to be virtual? <laughs> what did it look like? We had no clue. It was like someone <laughs> put a bag over our head and said, start walking, figure it out. Um, and that's what it was because like, you know, I'm my business format is built on having people in spaces like my restaurant is for people walking through the door sitting right. down and celebrating and breaking bread and so to say like we're going to eat dinner over the computer we're going to have a demonstration over the computer you know all of that was just like a big daunting task and I actually had to call on a lot of people to kind of help us navigate how do we pull this off? And we had to hire a production team. We did a lot of videoing, a lot of B-rolling, a lot of interviewing. Um, and we're essentially making many documentaries every week of these amazing chefs and, and businesses that are in our city so that people have awareness. And at the same time, we're offering dinner experiences that people can pick up from these locations. So it's essentially gonna end up becoming a dinner and a show each Friday during the month of February. So we're excited and I think the, the, the most amazing thing about this virtual format is that we also get to reach so many more people. We are not just targeting Seattle, we get the ability to reach out to people across this entire nation and maybe even the world yeah. um, who wants to tune in and understand what we're going through in Seattle, who we are in Seattle and, and, and the direction that we're going in um, as the city. That actually, like, all of that sounds amazing. Like the things that you were talking about, I'm just sitting here like, oh, which one of those would be like the best? Actually, let's go ahead and ask you. So of all the activities <laughs> that you have slated for the month, like which one do you feel like people would be the most excited about or, you know, should definitely try to look out for to be a part of? Yeah, so I mean, that's a really good question. That's a tough question. It's kind of like having um, four <laughs> or five kids and say, which one's the best one? And you don't say that in public, right? <laughs> you know, I, we have an amazing lineup of events going on. We're featuring these amazing restaurants with demos and demonstrations. And I think people get the opportunity to, you know, pick and choose what they want to experience. But what I would encourage is that, you know, people try and experience everything, have 
packages available so that you can um, purchase just the the demonstrations and the panel and the and the dance party experience without purchasing the food we have packages that you can get them food and the experience so um, we have different price levels to kind of meet different different needs but there's just so many amazing things we bring in a quest love to do a dj set with us because we had a dance party last year we figured we gotta have a dance party this year wow um we we got sabrina tinsley of vega doing a demonstration and supplying the food. We have a national panel with uh, Marcus Samuelson, um, yeah. Eric Ajapan, Mashama Bailey, some of the biggest names in this industry as Black culinary leaders. And so you get to hear our story. I'll be on the panel too and our experiences and the struggles that we've been through. We've been through similar and also some differences. And so you know, to hear the different aspects of what like a Black woman chef goes through compared to a Black male chef, it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to learn like wow the struggle is real you know and just understand like what we what we go through so to be honest it's hard to pick one one because like it's going to be a different experience on different levels and you're going to get to interact on different levels and have a different experience so so for those who want to find out what these events are and choose for themselves which one they want to go to how can um, they get involved where can they find the schedule of events purchase tickets things like that yeah, so definitely all the information is on our website, theseattlesoul.com. You can also check us out on Facebook, The Soul of Seattle, and, and Instagram, The Soul of Seattle. That you can click on our link and find out the, the list of events that we have going on and get involved in that way. We have we have some amazing things going on. We have like boxes curated from all black wineries across the nation that we're gonna sell have have to sell on the website. We're gonna have some beautiful auction items, got ability to just donate. You know, we're raising a lot of money for good causes and we wanna make sure more than anything that our black restaurants and establishments are here in 2022, 23, 24. If not, Seattle's gonna lose some fabric that is part of their community that we're gonna end up being that old bland salmon and coffee bean city again. And we're more than that. We've been working so hard not to just be seen as like a two two step city. We're we're so diverse now and we need to embrace that and we need to express it and we need to continue growing rather than going backwards. So. Well, Eduardo, thank you so much for coming today and letting us chat with you for a little while. That's really the extent of the questions that we had, but I did want to give you an opportunity if you wanted to say anything or mention anything that you haven't already had a chance to address just for the FYI of the people. Yeah, you know, I, I think the biggest thing that, you know, our community needs to realize in the city of Seattle and just like, I don't know, even just speaking to the nation is that, you know, we got to support these small businesses. If we do not Small businesses will not be here and our cities are gonna look entirely different when you have these big box locations, every corner dictating what our city looks like. The culture, the diversity, the identity of our cities are gonna be lost if we're not putting it back. So, you know, a good friend of mine, Laura at The Intentionalist said, spend like it matters, you know, put that money back into your community. Mm -hmm. um, and think about that next time you you, you go out and, and decide to push, you know, some app and order your your items like how about go to that corner store and support them you know how about getting takeout tonight and support that little restaurant that just needs a little bit more business to get through the week so you know pay it for it put it forward you know spend like it matters give back support you know that's the biggest thing that i'm preaching right now yeah well, thank you i think that's all we have for today yeah um, thank you awesome. so much yeah i'm yeah. very excited 
to show. Very excited. And if you guys had even a little bit of participation in last year's events, Solo Seattle, all of the dinners and things that Eduardo had going on last year, then I already know you're going to love what's going on this year because <laughs> he always takes it to the next level. I'm always surprised by what you're doing. <laughs> so make sure you guys go get those tickets. Mm-hmm. We'll definitely make sure that we include that link to the, um, the website in the description for the episode. Yes, Beautiful. we will. Thanks for having me and um, have a blessed year this year. This month for Brand New on the Block, I wanted to kind of highlight a very specific feature on the ULMS website that's very new and hopefully will serve as a resource for our community and help you guys with your um, employment obstacles that you may be facing. So if you go to the Urban League website at urbanleague.org under the Workforce tab, we now have an official ULMS job board. And basically, this is a place where we will post local opportunities that we're privy to or that our partners and and sponsors are gracious enough to let us know about before they're posted. And so you guys can, like I said, go to the page and you will see a list of available opportunities within the King County area. And if you're an employer, there's also a space for you to add a job um, that you're, if you're hiring for, you can let us know and we'll definitely post it on the job board. And you can also go on this page and, and figure out how to meet with a ULMS job developer if you're not sure about how to build your resume, um, if you need some techniques for interviewing, or if you want to practice or just speak to someone to pull your resume and everything you need together to go get that job. You can definitely do that from this page. So make sure that you guys check that out. Let a friend know tell everyone that you can that there's a brand new job board on the ulms website where you can find local opportunities in king county so that's it you guys that's what's new on the block at ulms and we will make sure that we have the information for the new job board in the description for the episode so make sure you guys check that out yes do not miss this opportunity That's all we have for now. As always, thank you for tuning in with us. Make sure to keep up with Making the Movement on Instagram via at Make the Move Pod, where you can always recap, ask questions, and chime into the conversation. New episodes drop every second Wednesday of the month. Don't forget to subscribe and drop us a rating on your favorite pod platform. Remember, in the immortal words of Nipsey Hussle, life is what you make it. And I hope you make a movement. <laughs>